This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, we learned an awful lot about the Dallas Cowboys yesterday and the Philadelphia Eagles, for that matter, in what was a terrific game. It's Carlin versus Joe on this Football Monday on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app on your smart speaker and, of course, Sirius XM Channel 80. I am Chris Carlin. He is Joe Fortenbaugh. Joseph, good morning on this Monday. Good morning to you. Good morning to you as well, Mr. Carlin. I live for these days. I know a lot of people talk about having a case of the Mondays, not in this industry, not when you're coming off a performance like what we saw yesterday. I'm not talking about my beloved Philadelphia Eagles. I'm talking about the fact that, yet again, Carlin versus Joe in the ESPN Pick'em Challenge going a perfect 3-0. Domination, my friend. Domination. We, I mean, we are rolling. We, we ought to put on a clinic and how to do this. And by we, I mean you, because I am riding that high, but I will happily take my share of the success at 26-1 and one on this season. That is staggering right Wait, there. 20, oh, 26-1. and one. Correct. 20 yeah, you wins. You said it almost like we were 26-1 and one out of 27 games. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, I don't remember it being that good. But I'll no. say this, we're so hot Legalized gambling is about to get shut down because the books are tired of paying us out. That's what's about to happen. I hope you've enjoyed it, America. PASPA about to come back into play. No more legalized gambling. Carlin and Joe, too hot, they say. I, I cancel right now. Too hot. Listen, I can't, uh, I can't proclaim to be a professional in any way, but it would strike me that a 74% winning percentage is pretty good. I don't know. Uh, maybe you can speak to that <laughs> better than me. But uh, enough about us for the moment. Be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Joe, the Dallas Cowboys, I thought, you know, played much better than I would have expected through most of the game yesterday, yet... At the very end, they just couldn't get it done. And my question to you is, what does it tell you about the Cowboys in losing a very tight game to the Eagles yesterday in Philadelphia? In complete honesty and full disclosure, I have eliminated the Cowboys officially from Super Bowl contention. They are officially eliminated after what happened yesterday. And and I know the initial thought is you're driving around. Eagles fan talking trash. Not really. This is just a calm, composed piece of verbal artistry that you're about to listen to just came up with that on my own so better not better better be able to pay that one off that was not verbal artistry (laughs) yeah that was not at all as i finished that i was like huh i was Uh, like i'm not really sure that what i have coming is going to live up to that but so be it let's give it a shot the cowboys are now sitting five and three in the nfc east the eagles are eight and one and the in the eagles now on the tiebreaker You are not, barring some sort of miracle here as we find ourselves on November 6th, you are not going to be winning the division if you are the Dallas Cowboys. What does that mean? Well, it means your best case scenario for the trip to the Super Bowl is a wild card berth in which you're looking at three road playoff games. You do not win big road games. It goes all the way back throughout Mike McCarthy's history. Last year in San Francisco, you played them tight. You played them tight in the postseason, but you lost that game. 
All right? You lost that game. And now this year, you've played exactly two games that are worth measuring up on. You went to San Francisco and you got blown out. And you went to Philadelphia. And when the Eagles weren't blowing you out, and the Eagles were doing every single thing they could at the end of the game to give it away, you couldn't take it. Now, getting blown out, you're never going to win a game like that. But if you can't win a big road game when the other team's trying to hand it to you, and now you're telling me you're going to be a wild card team and you think you're going to win three road playoff games just to get to the Super Bowl, I got another thing coming. And that's the statement I started this with. You have been eliminated. Dak played well. Cowboys look good. Was a hell of a football game. Dallas is still going to win a bunch of games between now and the end of the season. But when we talk about the Super Bowl on this show moving forward, when we talk about legitimate contenders, the Cowboys, in my mind, have officially been eliminated from that conversation. Joe, you're familiar with the phrase, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Yes, sir. The Cowboys punched a gift horse in the mouth (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I mean, in 19 seconds, the Eagles, in essence, gave them 80 yards. 80 yards in 19 seconds. And you still couldn't win the game. They did everything they could as you laid out right there. And look, I, I give... The Cowboys credit, Dak Prescott played exceptionally well. Um, But in the end, the moments that they had to deliver the biggest, the biggest just, you know, play, they were not capable of doing it. And that, to me, sums up the last 25 to 30 years of the Dallas Cowboys. They've always been respectable for the most part. They've had some down years here and there. There's no getting around that. But when they're supposed to be a great team, they show that they crumple when it matters the most. And frankly, a big part of it is a lack of leadership. Marcus Spears this morning on Get Up, ESPN football analyst chiming in with his thoughts on his beloved Cowboys. Dallas right now is in this crazy space with Dak Prescott because he's playing well enough from the quarterback position for them to win. Gee, they give you a DPI, they give you a personal foul on a quarter, a rough in the passer. You get to the six-yard line, and you end up taking your last play from the 30-yard line. Mm-hmm. Championship teams don't do that. They go and they capitalize. I'll ask you this question. If that was San Francisco in that situation, are we, are we celebrating San Francisco win the day? For sure. Absolutely. If that's Philly in that situation, are we celebrating a Philly win in that situation? Those are the things that the Dallas Cowboys have to overcome. And what it tells me on the flip side, Joe, is that the Philadelphia Eagles are a championship team. Philadelphia Eagles, I'm going to go as far as to say this right now, and I know you'll call it overreaching and hyperbole, whatever you want, the Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Here's why. Uh, I would like to very much put that horse back in the stable. All right, listen, here's why. This is a team that we have talked about week in and week out has not played their best, but they are now 8-1. and They have found ways when they have not played their best to win games. And yesterday, they made a couple of mistakes down the stretch to put the Cowboys into place, but they also still made a few plays when it mattered the most. What I come away from that game impressed with by the Eagles, wow, uh, the James Bradbury penalty, okay, that kind of thing's going to happen. The Hassan Reddick penalty was as dumb as could be. That was a big mistake on his part. But yet, Joe, this is a team that is able to put all of that behind us. Again, 
handed away 80 yards in 19 seconds, didn't have a timeout to settle themselves defensively, and still a mature enough team to take everything that just happened and put it aside, and Josh Sweat comes up with a huge sack, and they're able to tackle surely when they need to down near the goal line against one of the best receivers in the game. You could talk about not throwing in the end zone if you want. Uh, to me, if you're going to throw it to C.D. Lamb two yards short, it says to me that the, the end zone wasn't open for Dak Prescott. And you look even look at the series before that. You look at Brandon Graham. This is a guy that is in the league for 15 years, and all he does is make big plays when it is required. It, we hear this phrase a lot lately. We heard it from Mike McDaniel last week. I've heard it a lot from uh, Chris Canty. Being at your best when your best is required. That's what the Philadelphia Eagles do. They play their best when their best is required. I think you make a lot of excellent points there. A lot of excellent points. I would say that if I was going to push back at all, number one, they did that in a spot against the team notorious for giving games away in big spots. That's number one. I'm not sure you get away with that game yesterday against a San Francisco, a Kansas City, a Cincinnati, a Baltimore. I'm not sure that that happens. And that leads me back to the biggest game Philadelphia has played in the last year, which was the Super Bowl against Kansas City. They had a lead in that game. They were beating the Chiefs in the biggest game they'll ever play. And they completely fell apart at the end of that game. The Chiefs had the ball four times and scored 24 points. They scored on all four possessions. The only reason the one possession was a field goal instead of a touchdown was because it was the end of the game. They were running out the clock. They kicked the field goal. They won the game, and that was that. That's when their best was required, and that's when Sirianni wasn't there. That's when Gannon wasn't there. That's when every other coordinator and every other player who needed to step up and make a play didn't make a play. They couldn't overcome some of the mistakes. It's the Super Bowl. It's the Chiefs. We're moving on. You're right. They found a way to win that game. But there are some mistakes here and there that creep up that I'm not going to bury the team for because no one's perfect. You look around the NFL, everybody's got flaws. San Francisco's riding a three-game losing streak. Detroit got blown out at Baltimore a couple weeks ago. The Chiefs' offense isn't necessarily clicking. Buffalo lost again. Like, everywhere you look, there's issues. But at some point, Nick Sirianni who has this philosophy of being overly aggressive with his play calling. I love the aggressive play calling. I don't think you can be aggressive 100% of the time. And that's something that we're going to need to adjust in Philadelphia. He was too aggressive against the Jets, throwing the ball on that third and nine, left too much time for Zach Wilson, who came down the field, and the Jets end up winning the game. Yesterday on that, what was it, third and two? You didn't need to throw the ball there. That did not require you throwing the ball, especially when, A, you run the ball well, and, B, you essentially have two downs to get a first down with that Philly sneak if you get the ball within one yard on the third down run. So I think there's some decision-making that's overly aggressive. And the reason I bring that up, last year, Sirianni coached 20 total games in that great run the Eagles had to the Super Bowl, including the playoffs, 20 total games. 11 of those games were decided by two or more scores. Two scores or more, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they weren't in a lot of tight late-game scenarios. He, as good as he is and as good as his team is, they do not find themselves in a lot of late, tight scenarios like we saw against the Jets, which they mismanaged, and like we saw yesterday, which they mismanaged, but allowed themselves to win by making a couple plays late because Dallas blew it. So I, I think 
they're the front runners in the NFC. I think you make a lot of good points. It's just, I have some reservations about getting that excited. And as an Eagle fan, I mean, please, let's go backwards. The Phillies, the Sixers, the Eagles, the Phillies, the Sixers, the Sixers, the Sixers, the Sixers. I can't, I'm not allowed to believe just yet. I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to believe just yet. <laughs> so are these reactions overreactions? Joe says Cowboys are toast. I say Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your calls on those reactions next. And they may feel that way, but we're backing them up, and we want to hear from you on it. Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. These Cowboys... They're not good enough to win it all, and there's one reason why. We'll discuss next, along with your calls on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hurts back again. He steps up. He is going deep. And it is caught down the far side of the field. It is Devontae Smith for a touchdown. Prescott, he steps up. He pumps. He fires. It is caught. But he's tackled. Tackle to C.D. Lamb at the two-yard line, and the game is over, and the Eagles win. The game's over. It's always a little cooler when you win against a really good football team and the really good football team being Dallas, and I know that means a lot to our fans. I could never get me enough Merrill Reese, one of the greats, just one of the all-time greats, the voice of the Eagles for got to be north of 45 years at this point carlin versus joe espn radio sirius xm 80 at channel 80 we are presented by progressive insurance we asked you answered lines lighting up 888-SAY-ESPN the dr pepper call in line 888-729-3776 joe says cowboys are done i say eagles are winning the super bowl are they overreactions we start with dustin in virginia up first on carlin versus joe on ESPN Radio. Hey, Dustin, what's up, dude? Um, yeah, they're. I think they're both uh, overreactions. Um, which it always is when the Dallas Cowboys lose or win, for that matter. Uh, they're going to be fine. I think. Um, you know, them and the Eagles will split. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are going to win some more games this year. But, um, yeah, it's definitely an overreaction. Uh, they're both evenly matched, in my opinion. And um, But the Eagles aren't winning the Super Bowl. I, I just don't see it. Um, they've been hanging on by Why, three. The they've been getting away with some off? games. Huh? I said the eight and one has thrown you off so far. All right, good talk. Um, listen, I, I I get where he's coming from on the Cowboys, but the problem is, Joe, I, I agree with you because when it boils down to it, they just don't make the plays that they have to make. And when you're handed the situation and you don't make the plays, there's not much I can do to help you. I'm giving you the answers to the test, and if you can't fill them out on the piece of paper, eh, sorry, that's on you. It, it's, it's all about the path. See, that call, I can understand the point where you say, well, they're relatively evenly matched. They played a game yesterday. It was in Philly. Philly won, but it was very tight, and Dallas had a chance to win it late. All that's true, but now you have to zoom out and look at the big picture. You're not going to win the division, and if you don't win the division, it means at best you're a wild card. And if you're a wild card, you need to win three road playoff games to win the Super Bowl, or to get to the Super Bowl, excuse me. And those three road playoff games, what would make you think Dallas is going to string together three quality performances on the road? They've only been asked to play two football games this year. It is November 6th, and they've had two games that have mattered. One was a road game at San Francisco where they got absolutely blown out. Okay, it happens. It happens to everybody. No big deal there. So now you have another big test. Weeks later, you're two weeks removed from the bye. Philly's not removed from the bye. They still haven't taken it yet. Actually, wait, have they taken the bye yet? No, Philly's, like uh, the Eagles have the bye this coming week. They have the bye this week, right. Yeah. So the situation is very much in your favor. You got the rest two weeks ago. Here you go going to Philadelphia. Now, again, you're a dog, and there's no shame in losing the game, but you went there. You had a chance to close it out late. McCarthy with this fourth down call with 10 minutes to go. You're down two scores. Oh Take God. the score, Mike. Hated it. Take the score. Hated it. What are you hated doing? It. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. I know it's at the one-yard line. Kick the field goal. You have moved the football. Don't tell me that we have to punch it in now because if we don't now, we may not ever. No, no, that's yeah, a loser's lament the Legion of Boom. in that spot. This nope. isn't the Legion of Boom. You uh, move the ball all day. Kick uh, the field goal. Move it to within one score. Put the pressure on Philadelphia. Don't give them that momentum. Inept. Everyone's talking about, well, you pin them against the one-yard line. So what? They went three and out, but they still bled the clock. You pin they them against the, the one-yard line, plus. but you still need two scores. Exactly. Exactly. I, I I don't care what the analytics said there. It, it, so much of this is the analytic guys versus the gut guys. It, it, just like life, it's there's even, some math and yeah. there's some art. There's a little bit of everything. You got to bring the two together. So there's no way to wrap this point up that now Dallas is going to find a way to win three road playoff games with Mike McCarthy as the head coach to get to the Super Bowl. It's not happening. They've been eliminated. It's not official from a mathematical standpoint, but there's no reason to believe it's going to change. They didn't win a big game on the road last year in the playoffs at San Francisco. They couldn't do it at San Francisco this year in the regular season. They couldn't do it at Philly. Like, what? Do you, okay, great. I'll look at the rest of the schedule. Uh, good luck. You got the Giants coming up, then the Panthers, then the Commanders, then a home game with the Seahawks. Like, congratulations. You can stack these wins like you have all year the Giants the Jets the Patriots the Chargers the Rams nobody cares what people care about when it comes to Dallas is winning big games in big spots and that's not what they do see ya when you're out on a divisional weekend Byron Louisiana next on ESPN radio Byron what's going on I hope y'all got well but yeah 
I'm gonna go follow the next call. Yeah, it's definitely overreaction, man. Why do people think this division race is over with? You just said the Dallas schedule when the Eagles have the Chiefs, the Niners, and the Bills coming up. Drop one of them games, week fourteen, we're having another conversation about that game for first place in the NFC East and Dallas, the different team at home. We all knew most people were gonna say they're gonna split them two games. Asked the game yesterday. I mean, it really came down to three plays. Still got wood by sweat on the sack. Dak stepped out of bounds. And the shoemaker catches on the other shoulder. We're talking about a touchdown. But, but this I is mean, the it just point. came like, three we plays. Can, we, but it's we can talk about the ifs. We can talk about the ifs and the buts if you want. They still happen. If it's a bunch of candy and nuts, every day's Christmas, Joe. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's you make the play or you don't make the play. It's the... Al Pacino uh, speech at the uh, beginning of the last scene, you know, with the game in uh, any given Sunday. It's a game of inches. Dear God, yes, of course it is. And if it was ever shown any more than yesterday, I don't know. But the point is, the Eagles are better at getting the inches than you are. And I see the point about, well, you just named the schedule and all the easy games that are left. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't mention the road game at Buffalo. I didn't mention the road game at Miami. There are some spots for Dallas late in the season there that they're going to need to win as well. I mean, you Philly's already 8-1. and one. You're 5-3. and three, And Philly has the tiebreaker. And everyone's yes. just assuming in Dallas that this will be a split. That when Philly comes to town a few weeks later in the season, that, that Dallas is going to win that game. You're asking so much of a head coach and a team that never delivers to that level. What would make you believe it's going to happen this year? You've had your opportunities to rewrite the narrative. You went to San Francisco. Your coach didn't have you prepared. You got blown out. You went to Philadelphia. Your coach made mistake after mistake after mistake late in the game when Philly was trying to give it away. Philly's defense, not elite, but you couldn't close the door. You had a two-score game that you could have at least cut to one score. You made a play on the goal line. It didn't work. Philly stopped you, and now you're still down two scores. Like, at every turn when Philly tried to let you back in that game to win you couldn't seize it nope you're not capable of doing it you've never done it you're never going to do it and you have to live with that fact so yeah you want to call it an overreaction fine let's have this conversation again at the end of the season and we'll see where we're at dallas playing on wild card weekend on the road philadelphia resting at home most likely it's carlin versus joe espn radio sirius xm channel 80 cowboys are not the only team that dressed as frauds for halloween this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I really did think that the fact that the Dolphins had gone over, were settled in, time difference, all, you know, not an issue for them, and the Chiefs go over and basically they show up Friday morning and going to be a little groggy and all of it. I thought this might work against Kansas City. No. And you look up, and it's 21 to nothing. And the turning point in the game yesterday morning was clearly that play right before half when Cook takes the lateral and runs it back for the touchdown off the fumble from Tyreek Hill. That was an absolutely crushing moment for, for the uh, Miami Dolphins. And I have to tell you, I was really disappointed in the way that they played, especially coming out of the gate yesterday. But, Joe, I didn't come away from it thinking that the Dolphins are just that team that can't beat a good team. I feel like this is a team that's growing. It's got a different feel to me than the Cowboys do, and not because they're not the Cowboys. It's got more of a feel to me like they just haven't figured it out yet. But I feel like it might be coming. We've seen teams like that before. We're in the middle of the year. They may not be ready. But when you, when you get to week 16, week 17, week 18 in the playoffs – they figured it out, and that's what it feels like for me for Miami. I don't think that's that's that far off. Not at all. I, I think we have it would be foolish to compare this team to Dallas. Prescott's been around for a while. McCarthy's been around for a while. We know who the Cowboys are, and they continue year in and year out to show us the same thing. To think something else is going to happen, well, that's on us. That's on us if we believe that. With Miami, you go back to that playoff appearance in 2016 when Adam Gase was the head coach. They lost to the Steelers 30 to 12 in that game. They were 10 and 6 that year. After that, they go 6 and 10, 7 and 9. They get rid of Gase, they bring in Brian Flores. They go 5 and 11, 10 and 6, 9 and 8. Flores is gone, McDaniel comes in. They go 9 and 8 last year. They lose a wild card game to the Bills. Tua was hurt. And now they come back this season and they're one of the better teams in the NFL. I mean, if you're a Miami fan, you have to be excited about the direction of the franchise because you continue to take steps forward. You continue to move in the right direction. It looks like you have the coaching position figured out, which is always a huge win. It looks like you have the quarterback position figured out, which is a huge win. There's a lot to like here. But when it comes to whether or not you're ready for prime time, whether or not you're ready for the big stage, you're not there yet. Nothing wrong with that. It's all part of the process. But the talk of them winning the Super Bowl, and especially this talk of Tua MVP, all that stuff's got to end. Because again, you are the schoolyard bully. You beat up on Carolina. You beat up on the Giants. You beat up on the Broncos. That's great. Handle your business. But you have been asked to step up in class on three occasions now. One was at Buffalo. And let's be honest, the Bills don't look that great this year. You got thumped. One was a Sunday night game in Philadelphia. 
mm, you were upset with the officiating and you talked a lot about all the injuries you had. Okay, fine, you lose that game. What's the excuse now? You go over to Germany. What's the problem now? Here you go. Another opportunity to shut us up and show us wrong. we're wrong. Mahomes and the offense don't have a great day and you still don't win. So not ready for prime time, but moving in the right direction. I think the problem with Miami in terms of people who are trying to figure this out is that as a society and as football fans, we've been programmed a certain way. We live in a world of highlights. We live in a world of fantasy football. We live in a world that's dominated by offense and statistics. Yeah. We live in a world of prop betting where we like to play overs. Miami is like that sexy team, like 70 against Denver. Look at how they rolled up 500 yards of offense in just 22 minutes against the Giants. So we think, oh my God, this offense is something we haven't seen before. They're incredible. No. They're just beating up on bad teams. That's all it is. They're very good, but don't wait the Denver game more than the other games. Look at the Denver game, great. Look at the game yesterday, not great. And they're somewhere in the middle. They're an above average team. So that's the key here. Stop evalu evaluating Miami for what they've done against teams like Denver and wait it the same as you do in games in which they played against Kansas City. They're a good football team, but they're not a great football team. Here's McDaniel on that narrative about them losing big games. This is after the game. We heard what he said last week. We're, we're all very aware, and we knew going into the game uh, that, you know, if we're going to lose, what, what the narrative would be, and that's fair. We shouldn't feel entitled to high opinions from the masses. As long as you continue to get better, ultimately that narrative will s subside. But that's on us collectively um, from coaches and players alike. If you want the narrative to change, um, change the narrative. Exactly. Start winning those games. I personally don't fully buy into the idea that they're not as good as those teams. I, I, I just don't. They just haven't done it yet. But this is what I can't take. Listen to Tyreek Hill. This is him talking about now this rivalry, and I'm using air quotes. It was fun. I had a lot of fun today, man. Um, so football is about, you know. I feel like this is football's new rivalry. So it was a fun day to play football um, in a different location. So had a blast. Yeah, you could feel like that, but you're wrong, okay? You're not even first on the Chiefs list. It's, by the way, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are the ones that have gone in and beaten them in Kansas City. That right now? is the AFC's best rivalry, and it's not even close. So when you go in there yesterday and you lose the way you did, you're not on that level yet. And I know Tyreek Hill is going to speak like that and how much fun he had and how great of a game it was, blah, blah, blah. That, that's all fun. It wasn't a great game. You were in a massive hole early. You were a part of being in that massive hole early. So let's not we, – we don't need to elevate ourselves after you lose a game like that, Joe. Yeah, Miami is a stock I would buy. They're a stock I would buy. I really like Mike McDaniel. I like the message coming out of that. It is very self-aware. It is very on point. It is very much the truth. Like, yeah, we knew what the narrative would be. And if we want to change the narrative, we've got to be the ones to change it. This year, you have won against the Chargers. Not good. The Patriots, not good. The Broncos, not good. The Giants and Panthers, not good, not good. And the Patriots, again, not good. 
You've lost to the Bills, who are above average, but don't look great this year. You lost to the Eagles, who are good. And you lost to Kansas City, who's good. In your three losses, your offense has scored 20 points, 17 points, and 14 points. So again, you are trending in the right direction. There's a lot to like, but I think a lot happened too soon early in the season. Beat the Chargers 36-34, beat the Patriots 24-17, and then there's this one. 70 to 20 against the Broncos. 3 and 0, scoring more points than anyone, rolling up more yardage than anyone. Tua becomes your MVP favorite. Everyone starts talking about the Dolphins winning the Super Bowl. That's on us. That's not on the Dolphins. We went too far with all of that. We got too excited about 3 wins over bad teams. Right now, you have to assess the Dolphins as an above-average team that's got a lot of potential in the future. I would be very scared of them next season. But Tua is still plus 750 to win MVP. You got to throw that right out the window. I'm tired of seeing that. He's done nothing in these big games. MVPs play big when the moment calls for it. Hertz was big yesterday. Burrow was big yesterday. Those are MVP candidates. Lamar Jackson has been playing pretty well this season. Two has been asked in three big games to play big, and he hasn't done it. He's moving in the right direction, and he looks like the franchise guy, but I'm tired of this MVP conversation with him, and I'm tired of seeing him on the odds board where he is. He's not the most valuable player. I don't even know if he's the most valuable player on his own offense. Here's the good news for the Dolphins. Their biggest division rival, Toast. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. the remaining time on the clock will run out and the Bills for the sixth consecutive week will trade a win with a loss. Stings. Losing's never fun. Losing sucks. It's one thing though we're not going to let this divide us. You know, we're going to come together. We're going to figure it out. Came up short tonight against a good football team. Just too inconsistent overall. Not enough complimentary football. Turned the ball over twice but overall just too much inconsistencies. Some good plays and then just not enough of them. I mean, it's funny. You know what mediocre teams do? They play inconsistent football. And that's exactly what the Buffalo Bills have done, and it's exactly what they are. Unfortunately for them, it's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. They played one really, really good game in my estimation so far this season, and that was when they beat the Dolphins back in week four. Other than that, There's nothing about the Bills that I haven't been expecting. And the injuries are a huge factor. Matt Milano, Tredavious White, all big factors. I'm not going to argue that. The Bills' defense is bleh. It's nothing. It's really not very good. And 
frankly, they could have been beaten much worse last night than they were. Joe, that that to me was exactly what the Bills are, a team that's really overhyped and not all that good, and they make mistakes when it matters the most. And the quarterback continues to, I mean, 91 turnovers since 2018, Joe. 91. A lot of ways to slice this game. If we're going to focus on the Bills aspect of this, there was nothing impressive about that game last night at all. That was a huge game for them. Sunday night football, they've had some problems this year. Cincinnati's on the rise. This is the team that knocked you out of the playoffs last year. You got to show better than that. You can lose. You got to show better than that. Cincinnati had the ball for 36 minutes in that game. Buffalo held the ball with that offense and that franchise quarterback. They had the ball 23 minutes. They were minus two in turnover differential in that game. They anytime it seemed like they were going to get something going, rookie tight end fumbles the football, right? Like big penalty here, big penalty there, which quick side note here. Come on, zebras, get out of the way. They did everything they could to ruin that game last night. There was flag after flag after flag in that game. Like, get the hell out of the way and let us enjoy this game, please. Too many flags, too many stoppages. I'm there to see Burrow and Allen, not the officiating crew. Let them play, at least a little bit. And when they jump off sides, throw the flag. The rest of it, you know, let's, let's play some football here. But overall, right now, looking at the Bills, I mean, what do they do well? Let's ask ourselves, what boxes do they check when it comes to being a serious Super Bowl contender? Defensively, not really. It's probably an above average unit, but it's not an elite unit. So that would mean we need something elite on the offensive side. Well, from a rushing perspective, you don't run the ball really well. You're about middle of the pack, and that's been a problem for a while. Then last night was bad. Yeah, last night night was bad. bad. James Cook had six carries for 20 yards. Yeah, couldn't get anything going on the ground. Defensively, you can't get the key stops. Coaching-wise, you know, McDermott's got a lot on his plate there. I don't know if they're necessarily making the best possible decisions. Uh, Quarterback-wise, he's fantastic. I love Josh Allen, but he's playing hurt. He's playing hurt, and he's turning the ball over. So you add all those things up, you're not going to beat teams like Cincinnati. Curious, you've been saying from the beginning of the season you think they missed the playoffs. I'd imagine you saw nothing last night that's going to change that opinion. Why would I think they were a playoff team right now? There's there's nothing about them that makes me think that, and – I don't expect them to do anything but beat bad teams the rest of the way. And I got news for you. A week from today, they play the Denver Broncos. Do you know that the Denver Broncos, over the last three games, their defense has given up 15 points a game? They're playing much, much better. Much, much better. Well, it's when you not, give up 70, there's not a whole lot of room to go the other no, way. I, listen, I agree, <laughs> and I'm not going to sit here and try to make, make them out to be world beaters. But they are playing a lot closer to the defense that we would have expected at the beginning of the year. They've already lost to the Jets once. You're going to tell me they can't lose to the Jets again? They go to Philadelphia. They go to Kansas City. They get Dallas at home. I'm sorry. Where is it that this is a playoff team? Because I'm trying to find it, and I can't. I'd I'd say this, and this is is just agreeing with your point. When you ask, will the Bills make the playoffs – the pro argument starts with the problems other teams are having. It doesn't start with the Bills. You right. would say that's the Bills a, I mean, are going to make the playoffs. Point. Right. You would sit there and you'd say, well, and this is the first thing. If someone were to say, Joe, do you see the Bills making the playoffs? First thing I'd say is, well, the Chiefs are the only team in the AFC West that's going to go. And the Jags are going to okay. win the AFC South. Maybe Houston's a threat, but the other two are out. Well, but Joe, he, to your point, all for, and I don't mean to cut you off on it, but like, if, right. it, if it ended today... 
All four teams in the AFC North are in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't see that maintaining. But yes, yeah. exactly to your point, you work your way through. The only case you can make for them is that you're kind of eliminating other teams. And then you're going to say, well, because seven get in, I could see you grabbing the seventh spot. That's not a ringing endorsement. You're supposed to be able to say, well, look, elite quarterback, offense is top five, defense is top half of the NFL. I trust the coaching, great home field advantage. You don't really say a lot of that right now. Defense is struggling, can't run the ball, turn it over too often, quarterback's banged up, coaching's a little bit questionable. Like you throw all those things in the pot, then you look at the rest of the AFC, it's tough to make the case for them right now. You've been on point from this from the beginning, going all the way back to August. The window, this iteration of the Buffalo Bills is if it's not closed, it's like there is a sliver of a crack open, and that's it. It'll come back around again. Maybe Josh Allen will turn and figure out how to not throw it to the other team. Like that Cam Taylor-Britt interception, even though they didn't score off it, it's just it magnifies. It just shows everything that Josh Allen does wrong in, in situations like that. And Dalton Kincaid coughing the ball over. All right, he's a kid. That's fine. It's still That happening. was a huge moment. Though. Oh, absolutely. They were moving down the field. They're, that was a huge fumble. Like, yeah, you're a rookie, but I hope that sticks with you all day because that was a huge mistake in that spot. We are going to look back in the span of the next year, year and a half and say that this iteration, the closest they came, was the game in Kansas City. That's it. That, that's, what's, that's what it's going to be. And I honestly think that you can have a long discussion at the end of this season about Sean McDermott and his future. Because, Joe, at the very least, you pointed it out in there. I want to bring it back for a second. I don't love the fact that he's calling the defense. I don't, I don't love it right now because there's, there's a lot of the plate there. And at one point, Collinsworth tried to make it out last night like this was some sort of a – of you know a, a mass a, a, you know a match of incredible minds between him and Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor was owning him in the first half. First what half, yeah. yeah. Early in that game, first quarter, the offense. Is- I think we lost Joe there for a sec. Um, all I can tell you is that I just wouldn't expect for that to be the case. To think that somehow these bills are able to get to the postseason? How, how am I supposed to think that's going to happen? With that, with what's remaining in front of them, there's no reason for me to think that. I don't think, as Joe was saying earlier, I can't point to something and say that, that is what is going to carry them here. That is what is going to get them home. And that, to me just speaks about a much larger problem that they have in Buffalo with the way the team has been constructed, with the way things have fallen apart on them. Uh, Even this season, like you could just go through and and look at games like the Jacksonville game. You're sitting there at three and one to start the year. You've just beaten the Miami Dolphins soundly at home and you lose to Jacksonville at home. Jacksonville's a good team. I think they're going to be in the AFC championship game. But at that juncture of the year, should you be losing that game? No. Should you be beating the Giants 14-9 to on Sunday night football? And again, giving an inept team virtually every chance that you can to win that game, and they couldn't do it. 
And you're losing to the Patriots, who are awful. The Patriots are awful. They're two and seven. There's, there's no reason for me to have any faith in what's going on in Buffalo right now. And I have to look at the coach and the way things are constructed there, the way things are going, because it's not headed in the right direction for sure. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.